Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast. I am your host, Joe Leo, and in today's episode, we wrap up week nine of the NFL. We get into some college football. It's crazy. It, it, it's all over the place. It's a very, very good time. And uh, just sit back and, uh, and enjoy this one. This should be played at high volume. You're listening. Not us. To the Grind Hours Podcast. You can either have the money and a hammer, or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. All right. We've already been talking for, it seems like, 20 minutes. Not <laughs> in recording and not recording. Um, yes. So... Jumping right into it, Nicholas. We're wrapping up yeah. week nine, which is there's still nine more weeks of football after this, which is good in some ways and bad in some others. But your New York Giants, and we will get into uh, that. I know that's a thing of the past. We will get into that in a moment. <laughs> but your New York Giants, at least for one yeah. more week, yeah, they, they get a win against. A Raiders team that has been a year from hell is too – that's too kind. Yeah. I mean, first you have John Gruden getting fired over the the racist and, and very, very cringe content in the Washington football email report. Um, then you have Henry Ruggs uh, killing a woman. And then you have now you lose to one of the worst teams in football, so it 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 keeps going down and downhill. So, but I I I was I was I listened to a lot of the Giant game on the radio. I was pretty impressed with some of the performances. I mean, Devontae Booker had a career game. It was ninety nine yards. Would have had over a hundred if he didn't have to leave with an injury late in the game. Daniel Jones played all right. You know, I, I thought the defense, the defense got some good stops in there. They were able to hold the Raiders to 16 points, obviously. The defense won the game. The defense won even game. Yeah. And Brian Edwards, who – Three games in a row. <laughs> right. Brian Edwards, who is the Raiders' best receiver, was held to zero catches for zero yards. So yes, that was a great job out of the Giants' yesterday. defense. Don't mention it. Yeah. You know I'm going to win. Doesn't matter. <laughs> But, no, I, I think, you know, you say that this is the worst team in football, and I know I It's said, one of them. Well, yes. And I know I said a couple of weeks back on the pod that they should blow it up and, you know, get rid of uh, Joe Judge and, and Daniel Jones, and that's still the avenue that I would go. I'm not mm-hmm. saying – but the signs that – the opportunity for the people who say just stay the course we're in the middle of the, we're, we're getting to the end of this rebuild daniel jones is our guy joe judge is our guy there is some tape where they look pretty good right the raiders were the first that's why it's that's why it's so hard to make the decision because right. there are there are moments where they do look good where daniel jones does have it figured out where joe judge is able to call a good game where the defense is able to step up. Where the headsets are but, able to work. Yeah, the headsets are able to work, which, by the way, the most Mickey Mouse excuse I've ever heard in my life. You, the, 
I'm not even going to get into how how absurd that that is that there was a headset problem for eight weeks and nobody did anything about it or heard anything about it until just this week i mean give me a break joe judge well i mean grow some onions even still i just there are signs there there are signs where this team says okay we're figuring it out they're still a Mm -hmm. bad team because bad teams that's a jump off sides and cost themselves two two losses but that's the thing. Like, I still, I still think it is time to blow it up because, like you said, you have those moments, but they're so few and far between that I don't think you could put a whole lot of stock in it as like this is building for the future. You know what I mean? Yes, but all, but yes and no. And I'm the, the only reason why I'm bringing this up is I'm playing devil's advocate here. The mm-hmm. the Giants, they have their their spurts, they have their moments. If you know, if the Giants don't jump off sides on Monday night, it's three consecutive wins in a row. And mm-hmm. you're looking at second in the NFC East. And you start thinking to yourselves through nine weeks, oh, okay, you can't really count us out here. And with the Cowboys loss yesterday, and they got trounced by Denver. I watched, I think, 95% of that game. It was until, embarrassing. Until they cut it off for the, the Baltimore and Minnesota game. but. Nobody in the NFC East yesterday looked particularly good. The only other team that looked good is Washington, and that's because they had a bye. Mm -hmm. So this team is – the possibility that you can make this work is still there. From I'm just saying from from a standpoint of a fan who's been through this before, as a Jet fan, I, I went through this exactly what you guys are going through two years ago, mm-hmm. where yeah. at the very end of the year, they they rattled off six six wins in nine weeks, and Jet mm-hmm. fans like, oh, maybe we can start to you know make this work with Darnold and Gase, and maybe this isn't so bad. And I was I wasn't one of those people. I was still saying keep Darnold, and I'm wrong. I I was wrong on that draft going in. I love Darnold, and I didn't give up on him, and I and I'm wrong on him. So that entire draft, yeah, it's okay. We all miss every ugh, now. That and then. entire draft was a huge miss. Speaking of a huge miss, the Jets, yeah. the brutal Jets loss. Um, yes, my new favorite team. Any, yes, my serious, semi joking, my new favorite team. So I don't know why. Here's the thing. I do. I do. I am semi-joking, semi-serious about love. I, I do love the fact that they have this this punk energy that you don't get from the Giants and that they have, you know, they have a, a, a their greatest quarterback of all time skip practice to go cavort with ladies on Manhattan and then promised a Super Bowl and delivered it against all odds. I do love the fact that they hired Rex Ryan as a head coach that, that who tattooed the starting quarterback's jersey on his arm. Yeah, I think stuff like that is just fun and awesome. But that said, you know, I here's the thing. I I every team I have a visceral, visceral, strong emotional connection to in all of professional sports is the Boston Red Sox. Other than that, I just want to watch good sports. Don't watch I don't the really Jets care who wins. Don't watch the Jets. But I also <laughs> want to watch fun sports, and that's where the Jets come in. Well, 
with so I've got a, I'll say I've got a soft spot for the Jets. You know, they're, they're not really rivals, the Jets and the Giants. No. And you know? there are a bunch of fans in the New York area that are both. They are both yeah. Jets and Giant fans. They don't have... You can call me a fraud if you want, audience. Well, I mean, are you going straight Jets? Well, let's go for clarification here. Are you going straight Jets and you're announcing your fandom for the Giants? Or are you just going both? Um, I think we'll go both for now and see what happens. That's fine. My dad is both. My my, my uh, grandfather was a giant fan, and my my grandmother was a Jet fan. So he had both. He rooted for both. He sat down and watched yeah. football for both teams because his parents were both Jets and Giant fans. It's not like it's Mets and Yankees. It's not like it's right, right. Red Sox. It's not. Hell, I mean, I know it's not like it's Nets or Knicks. The football teams, because they play in the same building and because the relationship is kind of convoluted and weird, it works where you can root for both teams. They only play every four years, you know, so. Right. Hell, it's a yesterday, very... I was happy because the Giants yeah. won. The Jets weren't yeah. playing, and I got to watch a Giant win. I'm not a Giant. There you go. I'm not a Giant fan, but when they're playing and the Jets aren't playing, I root for the Giants because I want them to win because I have Giant fans in my life. And I've watched Giant football growing up, but I, I wouldn't consider myself a Giant fan. So That's a good way to look at it. That's how we'll go moving forward, I think. That's fine. So I'll still be the official Giants correspondent on the show, though. <laughs> but you'll, you're leaning a little bit more towards the Jets. Yes. Long but that said, explanation for this. About the Jet game, which I've watched pretty much all of. I watched every um, minute of it. Every minute. Does it, does it bother you that now we've seen Mike White and now Josh Johnson able to move the offense better than anything Zach Wilson has been able to do up to this point? Yes, it does. But why that bothers me so much is Joe Flacco is still on this team. And I tweeted out right. on Thursday – why the hell do we have Flacco when, A, he doesn't dress for games and he didn't dress for the Thursday game? Mm -hmm. That's two weeks in a row he did not dress. So this playbook must be the most convoluted and difficult playbook to understand if Joe Flacco, who is a, I don't know, 12-year veteran at this point, can't mm -hmm. figure out a playbook in two weeks to at least dress for emergency situations. But also, that this is a really damning sign of, of Joe Douglas, then, isn't it? That yes, he goes out and waste, essentially wastes a six-round pick on Joe Flacco to bring him in to ultimately not even dress, probably get caught, because obviously if they went out and got him, they didn't know that Mike White was going to be this, and they didn't know that Josh Johnson was going to be this. Now, the to play devil's advocate for Josh Johnson. And I said, the other point was that the jets have two quality backup quarterbacks. They're not, I'm mm -hmm. not going to say that Mike white and, and Josh Johnson are good quarterbacks. I would like to believe that Mike white has the ability to become an elite quarterback and lead this team for the next 10 years. That's what I, that's the phantom in me that wants to believe that. But mm -hmm. right now through essentially two weeks because Mike White didn't finish the game on Thursday. He's played all right. He hasn't played great. 
but he's played all right. And I just, I don't understand why A, Flacco's here, and B, there's a controversy over who's, Zach Wilson should dress. He should compete for this job. But right now, Josh, and Josh Johnson played a lot of garbage time. That game was out of hand for most of the second half. That's true. He still played well. He still delivered he played, the ball. He still threw good. He played balls really well. It started. He, he had almost um, against. Yeah, again, like you said, against defensive starters, he had over three hundred yards. He had three touchdowns, and if that if they didn't get a hand on that ball, it probably would have been four touchdowns. That interception was not Josh Johnson's fault, right? So, and that would have covered. And that's another reason why I'm so distraught after this loss i had the jet yeah. <laughs> four and one baby four and one with the locks this week four and one on track the mojo is back but no this, this game this weekend still bad for the bills game this weekend would you start mike white or zach wilson mike white okay for two reasons. i'm glad we're on the same page there for two reasons one you see if mike white has it against yet another good defense so if he plays mm-hmm. well enough, you know you have at least someone who is worth having a quarterback controversy over. It's not a Mike, it's not a Matt Flynn situation where mm-hmm. it's just smoke and mirrors. And two, if you are going to play Zach Wilson and he's going to be the starter going forward when he's right, the landing spot of week, uh, I think it's it's either Houston or Miami. I think it's Miami. But the landing right, you spot want him Miami to come back is better than oh you've you've been hurt and out of play and you haven't played for three weeks and you're a rookie. Now you're gonna go up against the best defense in the AFC, arguably. Right. Because I that's Wait, Hello? Oh, what happened there? I don't know. Go ahead. But yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too, is that, you know, you don't, especially because of him being a rookie, if he goes out against the bills and stinks up the joint, they're going to be calling for Mike white all through the stadium. And that's not what you want out of. That's not what you want for your second overall pick that you've invested all this capital and time into. You want, if somebody's going to stink it up, you want Mike White or Josh Johnson to be the one who stinks it up. So there's no you – can, you can just slide Zach Wilson in and be like, well, you know what, Zach's the guy, and we're going to give him the shot now. Yes, but even if Mike White goes out there and has a terrible game against Buffalo, I still think he is a quality backup, and I would still I do too. to have him. I do too. I'm just – that you know how the – how some of the fan base is where they're going to, because of this start, they think Mike white is going to be the next coming of Tom Brady. (laughs) Hopefully which he still could be. And and this bills game will be the judge of that. If he, if he has a rough game against the bills, then you start to think, okay, he's a quality backup. But if he has a good game against the bills and he's able to duplicate his performance and, you know, 400 yards, multiple touchdowns. Now we're looking at somebody who could be the starter for this team. He, In order for the Jets to win the game against Buffalo, because Buffalo is going to be playing pissed off because they lost to a, yeah. a Jacksonville team 
they had no business losing to. So they're, they're right, gonna they're not going to lose. Gonna let themselves lose two games in a row to subpar competition. So Mike White's going to have to play extremely similar to how he played against Cincinnati if the Jets want any chance of winning. Mm-hmm. So we will transition from that to a new segment on the show. Uh, I, I want to do this every so often, and it's the biggest winner of the week. Now, Biggest winner of the week. I have four, peop- four options for you to choose from. And I want okay. you to see if A, B, C, or D was the biggest winner of the week. Okay. So candidate A is the Arizona Cardinals for their win with a backup quarterback, no new no new Hopkins, and like six new defensive players going into San Francisco and, and just trouncing the 49ers. Option B, the Denver Broncos. Option C, Urban Meyer. Okay. Or option D, the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to personally, I'm going to pick, I'll walk you through my decision. So, okay. the, The number, the first one eliminated for me is, Urban Meyer and the Jaguars, because I think this is honestly just a fluke. Okay. I think the, um, I think the bills just had an off week, you know, I think Urban Meyer is going to really enjoy all the lap dances he'll be getting this week, but <laughs> the, I, I don't think this is a side effect to come. It was a nine, six victory. The bills forgot how to play football for a week. They had a mini stroke, you know, it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like the Jaguars won the game. The Bills lost it. You know what I mean? The yep. Bills couldn't get their act together. Um, the, the first two, I kind of feel like, are inverses of each other. I'm very impressed with what Colt McCoy was able to do. I'm very impressed that he was able to do it without New Hopkins. But the 49ers aren't going anywhere. It's a game that the Cardinals should have won no matter what. And it's kind of the same. It's kind of the reverse. I feel with the Broncos. The Broncos are, are kind of in no man's land. They're sort of drifting through the abyss, and they scored a big win against the Cowboys. But they're a team that's still drifting through the abyss. So maybe this will be the moment they get right. And in a few weeks back, I'll look about at back at this and think differently. But for the moment, I gotta go with the Tennessee Titans because okay. losing Derrick Henry, losing your franchise player, your best player. You know, that that should cripple the team. And we heard all week from the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and the J. Wills of the world that the Tennessee Titans are done. But Ryan Tannehill went out and played great. Mike Vrabel called a great game. And the defense to step up like that against Matt Stafford and the Rams, which, you know, one of the top three offenses in the game, to step up like that and hold them to three points for almost the entirety of the game, their only touchdown comes in garbage time. I think the Titans are are the clear winners. They showed that even without Derrick Henry and the Purple Birds, they're still one of the uh, <laughs> they're still one of the best uh, teams in the AFC, and they're a definite Super Bowl contender. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Titans as the big winner. 
Shout out Rosenberg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals, and I'll tell you why. Okay. That's a game where you have the excuse. You have the, oh, we didn't have our number one we didn't have our number one wide receiver. We didn't have our starting quarterback. We we had a COVID outbreak on our defense, and we had to bring in six new players. Mm-hmm. All and we're on the road. All the excuses yeah. in the world. They still won the game, and they won it convincingly. That that's a game. If if the Niners win, you look at it and you discount and you go, well, they did for all the reasons I just said, and then they bounce mm-hmm. back, and they're still the best team in, in the NFC. But they didn't bow down to that challenge. They are a complete team. It's not just, oh, Kyler's amazing and he can throw it to one of the best receivers. It's you have an entire and a complete team that's going to go so on. That was, sorry. That's going to go on a week to week basis and give you your best. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do it spreading the ball around. I mean, James Conner, Zach Ertz, you know, Kirk, they all got involved in the game plan. So I'm I'm more impressed with what Arizona was able to do than what Tennessee was able to do because Tennessee, you know Tennessee's a good team. They've been to the playoffs. They've been to the AFC championship game. I know that they lost their best player, but you still got Ryan Tannehill. You still got Julio Jones. You still have A.J. Brown. The, the Cardinals, this is their first year since the early 2010s where they're back into relevancy and they're trying to prove that they're a good team. This is a win that I know it's against the subpar, subpar competition, but it's a win that you can show the rest of your team and go, we don't need just two guys. We're a group of 52. Hmm. And that's well said. impressive for me. So I got um I got something to add for you. Okay. Biggest loser of the week. Biggest loser of the week. It and this to... is I only have a I only have a single nominee. Okay. But I was and I thought about this while we were talking about it. I thought I should bring this up and I was going to go the Bills for the longest time because <laughs> to shift the bet against the Jacksonville Jaguars is just borderline unforgivable. But I actually think that there's a worse loser out there. And I think it's the Green Bay Packers. Okay. So you take out all of the Aaron Rodgers COVID vaccine controversy, which is ridiculous in and of itself. Number one, the fact that he lied. Number two, the fact that he got away with it for six for six to eight weeks. Number three, the fact that the NFL, who's up everybody's butt about everything all the time, no one was checking in Green Bay to make sure that he was following the rules. You knew he wasn't vaccinated, but that's neither here nor there. That has nothing to do with why I'm bringing this up. The, 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 the Packers last year drafted a quarterback in the first round named Jordan Love. He didn't play at all because Aaron Rodgers had an MVP season. And now he finally gets to show what he can do. And against a historically bad Kansas City Chief defense, he's able to muster up a touchdown, that what, a single touchdown that he needed serious help from the rest of his team just to drive down the field on. I mean, this is, this is embarrassing for the Packers front office. This is a 
five alarm fire that your first round pick was essentially wasted. He spent all this time learning under Aaron Rodgers, and he finally gets a chance to show what he can do. And this is it against the worst defense, some of the worst defense I've ever seen. I mean, it's embarrassing. I will, I'll save all of my things for the Packers for the overreactions. That's a little tease. Because it has something to do with the Green Bay Packers, my overreaction for week nine. But the biggest loser for me is the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you 30 seconds on it. Because that's a game where you need to win it. You You need to, for everyone to shut up about the Cowboys and actually believe the hype, you need to win a game that you're supposed to win. If you don't, you're the same old Cowboys. So Right, and now they look like the same old Cowboys. Right, that's a game that they have every year, and they're the same team because it's the same guys, and it's the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. So just shut up about the Cowboys. I don't want he- to hear it. I, I, I'm not saying you, Nick, to just the people in general. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear Cowboys right. fans booking your tickets to the Super Bowl. Shut up. You're the same team. <laughs> All right. Let's go to break here, and we'll come back with some college football. This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, comedy fans, music fans, things are starting to open up again. You can use my code GRINDHOUR to get in the building. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app to get $20 off your first purchase. All COVID restrictions in terms of tickets still apply. Look at your tickets when you get them to see what I mean by that. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, in the first half, we went over biggest losers and winners of week nine and the ineptitude and lack thereof for a week for the Giants, for the New York football teams. And yes, that includes you, Buffalo, this week because you threw up the biggest egg of them all. (laughs) I couldn't imagine if you survived last week's Mike Whitening with the the win over the the Bengals. Then you picked – so you you dodge that bullet. Then you go, oh, Buffalo's going to beat – Jacksonville? Nope. Oh, no problem. So back-to-back weeks, you get two bombs for your suicide pool. I got to know who those people are. Please call into the show. If you survived both of those weeks, you just, you, you, you deserve the money. You just, (laughs) if you somehow escaped the Jets win and the Jaguars win, just take the money. I want to know who you are because I want to take betting advice from you because that's an yeah. incredible feat. However, we'll turn to the college game because something that I didn't think was going to happen happened. And as you, Nick, you're a fan of chaos. Well, chaos yeah. is what we got last week, is what we got this past Saturday in the college football sure landscape. Is. For the second, uh, for the second time in three weeks, Purdue, unranked Purdue has taken down a top five Big Ten opponent. 
This time it was Michigan State who loses their first game of the year to the Boilermakers. Boiler up. Bang that big ass drum, <laughs> baby. That team is just upset city. I mean, if you go to you go to um, West Lafayette and, and you're a top five Big Ten team, you're in trouble, man. They did it against Ohio State a couple years ago. Uh-huh. They've done it against Iowa and Michigan State now. I mean, this is that's the spot to go if you want a, a trap game, if you want to lose your trap game. But, but, yeah, Michigan State went down. Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. Last second field goal, lose the game, and their perfect season is dashed. So there's only four undefeated teams left. Georgia, Cincinnati, uh, University of Texas at San Antone. And uh, actually, I think that might be it. Yeah. No, Oklahoma is still undefeated. And Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma was on a bye week. That's right. But, but yeah, I mean, I – this is just opens the door for Michigan. If Michigan takes care of business and they can beat Ohio State, that we're talking about a situation where they could be finding themselves in the playoff picture again. So they're not – all hope is not lost for the Wolverines. The reason why I want to bring this up is because of, of the Michigan aspect, yes. But also what – the the shift of this playoff means um right you have oregon who's a one-loss team that looks like it's the best team in the pac-10 you have cincinnati who is still undefeated you have oklahoma who's the best team in the big 12 i know that they are a shaky and rickety bridge right now and they've had to escape a lot a lot of close calls but at the end of the day, they still won all their games, and that's what you want. Right. They're still a bit, they're still a conference champion and they're still undefeated. The thing that draws my alarm up, and it's 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 red alarm city, is okay. Alabama barely escaping LSU. That was the rough. Into their teeth, they escaped LSU. They were that losing was rough. There were most- in that game times in the fourth quarter where it looked like if I I thought to myself if they just had a more experienced quarterback at LSU this game would be over so if they just called a slightly better play this game would be over because they were that close I mean they they had Alabama on the ropes in their own building and this is not that's not what you want to see from a supposed number two team in the playoff rankings with three weeks to go in the season. That's not what you want to see. So this is, this just goes back to what I was saying earlier in the year. Auburn, the, the, the iron bowl is in Auburn this year. Yeah. Who knows what might happen? So that's, I wanted to bring that up. Just Alabama looks weak this year. I'm not saying that they, they, they might, they still might go to Auburn and beat the doors off of the Tigers. And they still might go, or Tigers, war, I'm, I'm thinking of LSU, of the uh, War Eagle. Mm-hmm. And yep. they still might go to the SEC championship game and upset Georgia. That is still in play. They might. Well, but they are the a only team and they have been in a considerable amount of time. Here's, what, here's the thing. I think that other teams keep winning as they should. 
I feel that the only path for Alabama to make the playoff at this point is for them to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Because at that point, they'd be a one-off. If they have two losses, they're done. Exactly. Okay. I agree with you. And they're, they're going to get a second loss because it depends on if they go to the SEC championship game, Georgia is probably going to beat them, in which case it's a non-starter argument. But right now, Texas A&M is going to the Big, uh, Big Ten. Texas A&M is going to the SEC championship game because they have the tiebreaker. They beat Alabama. So I want to throw a chaos, another chaos. I'd like to come up with these chaos situations every week for you. Okay. If you're the, if you're the, the, if you're the playoff committee, what do you do if Texas A&M wins the SEC? <laughs> um, what do you do if Texas A&M beats Georgia? Well, Georgia's been the most dominant team all year. They've clearly been the best. You can't leave them out. But what do you do? In that situation, I think A&M is in automatically because they would have the two best wins of the year. They beat right. They undefeated Alabama, beaten. and they would beat the presumably undefeated Georgia in the SEC title game. So they would have the SEC title and the two best wins of the year. So I think that they are, they're automatically in. Georgia's automatically right. in. I think that Georgia increases is- that would probably knock the Big Ten winner out, which is almost absurd, and I can't believe I'm mm-hmm. saying that. But if Oklahoma is still undefeated and they have a title and Cincinnati's still undefeated, I think those are the other two teams in whatever order that you want to put them. I think those and are the I think you teams. would have to go I think you would have to go to say an M at number one. You would have to. <sighs> it's tough, right? You would have right. but because because the problem is Texas A&M beats Georgia. Both get into the playoff. You don't want to set up a scenario where the first semifinal game is a rematch. Right. So that's the hard part. You want to set up a situation where the only chance for a Texas A&M-Georgia rematch is if they both make the championship game. See, that I would, I would say you would put – You'd probably put Texas A&M game. one. If you have – You would put – both you bump Georgia to three. You probably put Oklahoma at two and Cincinnati at four. So it'd be AM, Cincinnati, and Georgia, Oklahoma. I don't know what the seating would be, but you could not have AM at one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know how, how much the SEC title weighs in the in the realm of college football. I just it wouldn't be able to sit right with me. But the la- the other thing that I wanted to bring up, and it's okay. Big Ten because I'm a Big Ten guy. Right. Of the three losses from the big three in the Big Ten, Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State, who has the best loss? The best loss? Yes. I think you you would have to say Ohio State because Oregon's in the top five still. It's not Michigan. No, it's not. Michigan, because Michigan State has now – lost to Purdue right Michigan it's it's not as far off because Michigan State is still in the top 10 and they're still probably going to 
I now think they'll lose to Ohio State and they'll finish 10 and 2, but that's still 10 and 2. That's a respectable loss. But I don't think there's any way you could put the Oregon loss below that. I mean, Oregon is a top five team and they might go to the playoffs. So I'm just, I'm bringing it up for argument's sake. That's the only reason why. Right. I'm still the, the, the Michigan State loss. I was, and Morgan can, can vouch for me. I was doing laps in, in her bedroom over mm-hmm. the weekend when I saw that Michigan State lost because that the, the door is still open. It still could be our year for Michigan. Right. And I, here's it. So it's going to come down to the, it's going to come down to the big game. Like yep. it has so many times before. If Ohio State beats Michigan and they're, we're just going to assume that the, the East champion is going to win the, the big 10 because I don't think Iowa has, pro- has flown back to earth. Yep. Wisconsin's not any good this year. There's Minnesota's not going to make it. Nope. So and we're, we're just going to, it all comes down to the big game. If Ohio state wins because they have a quality loss against Oregon, but then it gets interesting because if Oregon wins out, they would have beaten Ohio state. And I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but it's chaos. But if Michigan wins, they can still go. They need a little bit of help, but they can still go. No, I think if they beat Ohio State and they win, if they win out and they win the Big Ten title, and your scenario with Georgia, because if, if Georgia loses, God help the the committee. All right, let's let's uh, let's get going because I think this is the most college football uh, our brains can handle. Yeah, college my football brain chaos. Is in a I should say you've put my brain in, in a college <laughs> football pretzel. So let's jump back to the pro game and get to the overreactions to end the show. And I mentioned mine. I will start off this week. I mentioned mine a little it. bit earlier in the show with the Green Bay Packers. And mm-hmm. it has to do with one Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers has put an enormous amount of bad karma on the Packers. And I do not think the Green Bay Packers, even though they only have two losses, they will not make the playoffs. They will have a wow. catastrophically horrible collapse because mm. of what Rodgers did. And I don't think – one, I think he should be suspended. I don't think that's going to happen. Two, I think he should be fined. On top of the suspension, I don't think it's going to happen. This is – Yet again, another example, and Nick, for the lifespan of this show and of the play-by-play podcast, we've always said when, it, when the NFL has a decision to make, it's not nine times out of ten they make the wrong decision. They always, without Always fail, make the wrong decision. They always make the bad decision, and everybody know, everybody knew. The league had to know. The Packers had to know. Rodgers fucking knew. So everybody that had to know knew that he was not vaccinated and they did not give a shit because he is one of the biggest stars in the league. And if they find teams, they find the Raiders, they find I th- they find two teams this year. One was the Raiders. They find a team last year for not following COVID protocols heavily. And they... Mm-hmm. It was the Titans, remember that? Was it the Titans? Yeah, because they had the big outbreak. 
So they find two teams and threatened to take away draft picks. Well, Rodgers misled everybody because he said he was immunized. And by definition, if he was immunized, he wouldn't be able to catch COVID because he would be immune to the virus. Right. So he won. So I guess it didn't work. So A, he's a liar. B, he put everybody on his team in serious risk, all the reporters in serious risk. And and by now, everybody knows this. But Mm -hmm. to do that, that is such a narcissistic fuck you to everyone that the and i'm a huge believer in karma mm-hmm. that that karma bomb that's going to be dropped on the packers is going to be immense and i don't want to wish ill on everybody on anybody on the packers because the fact that they have to deal with this asshole on a weekly basis is enough kick in the rear end to for for those <laughs> guys that to handle but right the fact that you had to do that then you had to go to that length it's just, it's mind boggling. And I don't want to get into right. the, the schematics of what he said on the McAfee show and how he basically just proved that he was an idiot. Mm-hmm. And not, I've done my to, own research and not fit to, to, uh, to lead a team. I, I just, the only guy that, that, that this hurts is Rogers because, right. I mean, going into next year, do you want to trade for this guy now? No. So how how could you do it? Right. Some uh, he's he's good enough that a team will hold their nose and they'll do it. Yes, because probably the Dolphins, is. since they were already willing to take on a guy with a much worse checkered past. I just so that's my overreaction. I think the Packers yeah. will have a karma collapse and finish outside of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I actually have my overreaction is actually collapse related too. Okay. So I think the, and it goes back to something we were saying earlier. I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to have a collapse of epic proportions. Okay. And I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs. Wow. I think that this is. This this Bronco loss or Bronco annihilation is a better way to put it because the Denver Broncos took the Cowboys behind the woodshed and blew them full of holes. Yep. I think this is a sign of things to come. I think it was fool's gold to start. Mike McCarthy last year at the Cowboys, he seemed like he was in over his head. I think the team is falling back to earth now. They're going to – I think – one thing is going to lead to another, and I think we're going to end up in a situation where the Washington football team is back in the playoffs of a losing record, or maybe maybe eight and nine, and um, and Taylor Heineke is going to lead them to the promise land. I, record, by the way, last I checked. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I meant like maybe eight and nine will be their final record. Oh, the the Cowboys, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, could be. And uh. And I think I think the Cowboys are going to collapse from here on out, and I don't see them making. If this is how they're going to play against competition like this, then what are they going to do when the the Washington football team comes to town? What are they going to do when the Eagles come to town? 
they're going to the lose those games. Is still is still piss poor. That, but you can't tell me that you can't tell me that the the. Uh, the I keep on wanting to say the Redskins. You can't tell me that the Eagles and Washington are clearly worse than the Broncos. There's an argument, but I just, as much as I want to co-sign this, <laughs> because of, of what I said before the break with with, with the yeah. Cowboys, they're still good enough to to beat up. Every team has a has a has a bad game, but mm-hmm. they're still good enough. And the the, the reason I remember this is an overreaction. Break, so the reason for my rant before the break was to to cool it on the on the Super Bowl prediction yeah and i mean like like i said you know this is uh, this is an overreaction at the end of the day yeah like i'll change my mind next week like we have every week of the show so far but after what i saw from the cowboys this weekend it was a piss poor performance and that doesn't look like a playoff team to me that looks like a team that should be fighting for the number one pick and it's a miracle they are where they are what what was put in our coffee and iced tea, respectively, this week for today that we're we're wishing doom upon two teams that are currently in the playoff picture? I don't know. I know, I know. You know, but we were on fire this week. We were on we were on fire, and to to extinguish the flames a little bit, we I think that's a good place to end the show. So, Nick, red carpet's all yours. You can. Use it how you will, movie review if you have one, and, and all that stuff. All right. I actually don't have a, a movie review again this week. I know I've been slacking. I'm sorry. You're in the I'll studio. You're working hard. Yes, I'll, I'll be coming back for you guys with the great content soon enough. But, yes, I'm, um, I'm at Nick Parodies on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, all that good stuff. You can follow the band at the bad on or that the underscore bad underscore ideas underscore. You can follow the uh, Children's Programming Podcast at uh, CHI Programming on Twitter and Children's Programming on Instagram. We just had our first episode back recorded yesterday, so that was very fun. It should be out very soon. We've got an interview coming up with uh, Mr. Beat, the history YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Uh, That'll be fun. Um, We've we've considered changing the name of the uh, Twitter handle to Chad Programming. So semi-joking again, but be a, maybe be on the lookout for that, if only for a day. Um, and that's about it on my end this week. But, you know, we got uh, music coming soon, podcast episodes coming soon, and good stuff coming. You're a hardworking man, my man. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you can take some time out of your day to come on every week and, and wrap up the week that was. This week was... I said last week was an olden days podcast and the energy from last week from you and from, from the Cuzzo on Thursday's pod was very reminiscent of the olden days. And this week is continuing that vibe and I, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yes, sir. All right, brother. I'll let you go. I'll talk to you later in the week. Uh, welcome to the J E T S jets, 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 even if it's <laughs> only uh, a little bit and you're living vicariously through a couple of, for a couple of weeks. That'll be fine. Yeah. Welcome aboard. I hope that the days with you on board are a little bit better than the 20 plus years that I've watched this team uh, be horrible. So 
with that, I will talk to you throughout the week and uh, be good. All right, brother. All right, man. Thank you for having me. On this side of the coin, not the fake Jay Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com. And of course, this podcast. If you reach this point, please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you've seen fit. Download the show. It means more to the show than you know. Don't know what's going to be on Thursday's pod. That's still in the works. But Thursday's pod will be, be up uh, at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern time. We're, we're sticking to that for the foreseeable future for the podcast schedule. And until uh, next time. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.